0: You're listening to Catholic Chicago Week in Review on Relevant Radio, 950 a.m. and 930 a.m.
1: During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you conversation about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago Week in Review.
0: Good morning. I'm Jim Dish with the Archdiocese of Chicago's radio TV office, joining you on Relevant Radio, 950 and 930 a.m., Every Saturday morning, we bring you highlights of our local Catholic radio programs that air throughout the week. Catholic School Superintendent Dr. Jim Rigg and Holy Name Cathedral Rector Father Greg Sackowitz started our week with a couple of student athletes at our Catholic Schools Today program. The girls will soon compete in the national finals of a three-on-three basketball tournament. Here's a highlight of that
2: conversation. We have a great segment lined up here. We sure do. We have two uh, outstanding young people in studio, so let me introduce them, and then uh, we'll talk to them a little bit. Um, so um, I have a chance to go out to uh, the Catholic schools with frequency and always have a chance to interact with uh, many of our outstanding young people who are students at our schools, and I'm so excited about this program. So uh, basketball coaches from St. Luke School in River Forest, St. Giles School in Oak Park, and St. Mary's School in Riverside. Uh, noticed recently the talent of their uh, basketball players. And so they decided to join five of their players together who normally compete against one another and form a new team called Team Fierce. That's Team Fierce or 12U. So friendships were created on the basketball court as they practiced, and the 6th grade girl basketball players competed in the junior NBA 3-on-3 regional tournament last month at Navy Pier. And they won and have now advanced to nationals, being held on April 4th in Indianapolis. And so we are thrilled to welcome in studio uh, Gia, who is a student at St. Giles, and Cammie, who is a student at St. Mary's School in Riverside. Sixth they graders. are both in the 6th grade, both on this team fierce. So great to have you this morning. Hello.
3: Welcome. How Hello. are you, Gia and
2: Now, Cammy, what position do you play?
3: Um, I'm usually point guard or guard. How about you, Gia? I'm a post
4: player, normally.
5: Okay, you, you post up? Yeah. Interesting, because I used to play basketball and was about 100
2: years ago.
4: <laughs>
5: 150, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: so you all are on this team, but you used to compete with one another. So did you see each other like before when you were playing against one another?
4: Well, I really didn't like Cammie because she was a good player, and I I was kind of, like, intimidated by her at first. But once we started to, like, join the team together and, like, practice together, we had, like, a bond that formed, and now we're really good friends.
3: Even though you're
5: from different schools, you have a great friendship.
4: Yeah,
3: I would say the same thing, too. I always got intimidated by her because she was always so strong. (laughs) (laughs)
5: You two must be outstanding players to be part of this team. Now, this team is called uh, Team Fierce. How many girls on the team total?
4: There is five girls. Five Five
5: girls, and you start the three-on-three competition. Yes. Yes. And so then how many games did you have to play to get to the Nationals coming up soon on April 4th? Well,
4: three. we played three games, Did and you? the first two were like planned, and we didn't know we were going to play the third one. And once yeah. we played the third one, that's the game that we went to, that's the game that we won the regionals with.
5: Now, all three games in one day? Yes. Really? Mm hmm. Boy, Jim. That's wow. pretty
2: hardcore. That's th- <laughs> yeah, you now, how, tired. how long are the
5: games, by the way?
3: Um, they were like 12 to 15 minutes because it was only a three-on-three. On three.
5: A three-on-three. Three. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then because it's three-on-three, three, you're really running like crazy. It's now, full is court, it, right? Is, it's it, full is court. it half no. court or full oh, court? Okay. It yeah, was half court. Half court, three-on-three. Three. Those, those were great games when I was younger. It intense, yeah. They're, they're very intense. And, uh, but you were, now, do you remember the, this is tough, what were the finals of the three The games? The score? Yeah.
3: Um. It was seven
5: to 12. So 12-7 was game one. What about the other two games?
4: Oh, no. The first game, it was. The first game, it was like 16 to like 5. Really? Yeah. And then the second game, we got blown out. It was 7 to 12. Yeah. The second game, we got blown
3: out. But then, then you
5: won the third game.
3: Yes, by the same team. We had to play oh. the same team again, oh, and we, I, beat I we beat them. We beat them, and the score was also 7-12. to So
2: what, okay. uh, what changed between games two and three? Did you just get your, your mind back in the game?
4: Well, they – so, like, they blown us out, and our coaches told us that we had another chance to play them, even – if, even if we didn't win, we still had another chance to like show. And yeah, your team, was
5: like double elimination then because you yeah. won the first game. Okay. Yeah.
4: So we had another chance to play them and show them that we are a good team uh, and they can't just push us around. And we ended up winning and going to nationals.
5: That is tremendous. And so here you are, formerly on <laughs> opposing teams, now on this team fierce together to be together to be playing. And it's formed a great bond
2: yeah i i am uh, i'm curious about that so you all we talked before used to play against each other and then all of a sudden your coaches kind of put you together Mm -hmm. i mean were you able to like get to know each other quickly and form friendships or were there was there resistance at first like you you weren't really sure you liked each other at first having been rivals
3: well last year we never really talked to her but the first time I said, like, hi to her was actually on her birthday, We pl- right? Mm-hmm. It was a couple of days after her birthday. We played them, and I said hi and, like, happy birthday, and that's, like, when we kind of started to become friends.
5: Okay. That is terrific. That's, that's marvelous. And, uh,
2: well, what I love about this uh, this Team Fierce is these are students from three different Catholic grade schools yeah. that usually play each other. And they have come together on this team with uh, such talent. They've done such a good job so far. And bonded so well. Bonded so well. And, in fact, you all are going to Nationals early next month, Indianapolis, April 4th. You'll get a chance to play at least four games in the National Tournament. Uh, so tell us, uh, why don't we start with you, Cammie? I mean, how do you feel about going to Nationals?
3: Um, I'm very excited and I think it's gonna be a great experience because it's my first like national
4: tournament, so I think it's gonna be really fun.
5: Now for you, G, have you guys been practicing to lead up to April 4th?
4: Well, we're all on a different team together, so we practiced together on that team. but we before the um, before we won the regional three on three championship, um, we did not practice together at all and we just formed together. Really,
5: without even practicing to get kind of a cohesive unit. Yeah. And you're each individually talented, yes. but you just came on the court for the first time and just bonded. Mm-hmm. And yes. Wow, that's tremendous. And, uh, uh, uh,
2: now, you all are in sixth grade, uh, so you've got two more years at your schools after this, and then you'll go to high school. Are, are you planning to play high school ball, maybe college ball, maybe WNBA someday?
4: Yes. <laughs> oh, that's really? That's my dream. Yeah, be I definitely... WNBA. definitely I definitely want to play for high school and if I can make it to play for college that would be like a dream and even if I keep going on to WNBA that would be really good because I feel like now these days the women's WNBA and women's sports in general is really building up and it's getting the light shined on it that it needs and I hope it continues because women have like a lot of like a lot to show the sports world, and I hope that continues. You
5: know, yesterday was Women's International Day. Yes. When the Chicago Blackhawks played at the St. Louis Blues last night at the Chicago Stadium, where they uh, where they play uh, the Blackhawks at home, it was an all women's a uh, team in terms of broadcast uh, announcer, co announcer uh, down by the rink. It was all, women and, they, and they did a fantastic job. Well, listen, Cammy, what do you like best about St. Mary School?
3: Um. Probably um, one thing that I like best is the core value it has taught me and, my, and developing a strong relationship
4: with God.
5: Wonderful. How about you, Gia, at your school over at uh, St. Giles?
4: Um, I love the sense of community, and I feel like we're not just a school. We're all a big family. And in my school, at least, you know everybody. So, like, you know the younger kids and the older kids. And I feel like in every classroom, it c- incorporates, like, our religion and, yeah.
2: That's, boy, those are great answers. Outstanding answers. Now I was uh, father uh, I was just at St. Mary's maybe three weeks ago and got a chance to see cammy in her classroom. So I, I go out for uh, site visits uh, to the Catholic schools. I've been in every Catholic school for at least one site visit and uh, this was the first time I had been to St. Mary's since their new principal Miss Nelasco mm-hmm. uh, moved there this year. She had been in another Catholic school and moved to St. Mary's this year. And I was always impressed every time I go to St. Mary's with uh, just the atmosphere and the students and the teachers. And then this Friday, I have the the honor of going to St. Giles. Oh, this Friday? uh, Yes, indeed. I have uh, some site visits on Friday, and St. Giles is among them. been to St. Giles before, but this will be the first time I've been there since your principal uh, moved there. So she was a, a principal at another Catholic school as well. Uh, and has now been at Giles for a couple of years. So I'm really looking forward to getting back out to St. Giles, and uh, I'll see you in your classroom, I hope.
6: Mm -hmm.
4: Now, uh, Gia, have you been in
2: your school since kindergarten
5: or first grade?
4: Since kindergarten, yeah. And
5: how about you, Cammie? Kindergarten. Since kindergarten. And then it uh, has, let me ask you, has the years gone by fast to get to sixth grade?
4: I feel like, yeah, it has. Yes, I feel like just like yesterday, I was in kindergarten d- taking my nap, and now I'm in sixth grade. Now, ironically, taking
5: Kim, nap? <laughs> <laughs> Take nap? Yeah. Taking a nap in I sixth wish. grade. Take a, <laughs> me too. Taking a too. nap in high school. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I didn't do that. Yeah. And do you have uh, older siblings, younger siblings at your school? I
4: have one younger sibling, and she's in pre-K four, and her name's Grace. Oh,
3: okay. How about you,
2: Cammy?
4: I have
3: um, well, one little sister named Cruz that Gia is obsessed with, <laughs> and she's in pre-K four.
2: Oh, really? Oh, it's about the same age? Then, huh?
3: Mm-hmm. Younger. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now,
2: That's if funny. if uh,
5: kids in your neighborhood were thinking about going to you know either St Giles or St Mary's, and they were at a different school right now, can what, what would you say to you know a, a girl or boy who'd want to come to your school?
3: Um, I would say that they they're welcome to our school because um, how like welcoming our school is, I would say, like on the first day, like if we have like someone shadowing we, like, welcome them and we talk to them. So I think they would be—I
4: think they could—
5: What about Yeah,
4: I think my school is very welcoming, too. And even my principal, Miss Began, she's always walking through the halls and, like, sitting in the back of the classrooms to make sure everything's okay. And I feel like all the teachers are very welcoming as well. Have
5: That's you noticed, uh, Dr. Jim, look at their beautiful, uh, not jerseys, but their uh, uh, su- sweats. sweatshirts. Hoodie yeah. sweatshirts. Hoodie sweatshirts. And they're yeah. beautiful. They're both tremendous. And you wear Thank them do. proudly, don't you?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And somebody said, uh, I think it was uh, one of your parents said that you've got matching T-shirts for this basketball tournament coming up. Is yeah, that right? they're
4: being made for the parents.
2: <laughs> oh, for the parents. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what do they say?
4: Uh, they're probably going to say uh, team, fierce. team Fierce Junior <clears throat> NBA.
2: Yeah, how did you come up with I, I I mean, I know what Fierce means, but how did you pick that name for your team?
4: Um, there's a girl at
3: St. Luke's named Isabella, and I think her dad made the team.
2: Okay. I thought,
5: like the um, name Team Fierce, but I mean, it says Team Fierce 12. You. What does 12U mean? What am I missing So
4: there? 12U is the age group that 12. we play oh, in. Oh, 12 and under.
5: 12, oh, 12 and under. Okay. Okay. But now, just when you have this tournament coming up, you talked about the uh, junior NBA and the elite. So what is I'm, – I'm confused. What's the difference there?
4: So the junior NBA is just us five girls on okay. the team. And then the other team is all different Catholic schools come together, and they're on one big team.
5: Okay. Now, Cammie, I see the two of you are part of the team – fierce the other three girls one is from st luke's and came the other two are from where
3: oh um three are from st luke's
5: oh three are from st luke's and then it's just me and gia and that's the team yes so three from st luke's and the both of you Mm
3: -hmm. so
2: how did you end up it sounds like the coach at st luke's was kind of the start of it how did you end up getting added to the team did that coach reach out to you or to your parents or to your coach
4: um he reached out to me this year
2: okay and how about you gia
4: um, I've known him for like a little while, and he's very friendly, and very nice to me, and he's very like just welcoming. And he just asked like the All Stars um, on the different school. Does he teams. coach
5: the St. Luke's team? Yeah. Oh, okay, so, he, so it's in again. He has seen you in action against St. Luke's. So mm-hmm. He's watched both of you as St. Luke's with the team he coaches has played St. Giles or St. Mary. So. He knows exactly where the talent is because he's played against your schools. Well, I... uh
2: I suspect that if we were to have a two-on-two basketball game right now, the two of us versus the two of them, I think I'd know who would win that. I think they would.
5: Yeah. <laughs> that would be
3: fun. It would be a blowout, <laughs> believe can think it would
5: be, <laughs> no, think it'd be fun to blow us out? Yeah, it of, would. Uh, I think right we'd out blow out your... our knees and hips, Father. I think it's what would blow out. I tell people right now my, my left knee goes out more than I do. And it, uh, <laughs> now, I have a feeling you girls would uh, kind of— Beat us badly. Because Dominate. You're so, you're yeah, so fast. The word. Yes, we yeah. might be able to rebound a little bit, but you guys would be so fast, you'd be like
2: uh, impossible to guard. It'd be like a blur. It'd be like um, <laughs> like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog.
3: I'm um, also a really good shooter.
2: Are you? So you're? Are, are you're a good, you a good outside shooter? You three yeah. point. Yeah, okay. my grandpa
3: played in the WNBA, and my dad played oh, wow. Division One, so that's Whoa. where I get it from.
5: Where did your oh, dad really? play? Who would your dad play for?
3: Um, the Loyola Ramblers. Oh, cool. Your
5: dad played for Loyola. Yes. You're kidding. No. Wow, that's fantastic. And yeah, okay. they blew a big game this weekend to possibly go to uh, the NCAA. But boy, oh, a couple yeah. of years ago, they were fantastic. Oh, yeah. The,
2: yeah, the final the, the Loyola Ramblers yep. are a good team. They're a good team. And Gia, you have any uh, basketball players in your family?
4: Uh, yes. Yeah, so my grandpa played back in his day. And he didn't play in high school. He played in high school, but he didn't play in college. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot of the things I know from my mom and my uncle. Lou. Did your mom
5: play basketball too? Yeah, she played Did in she? high school. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's tremendous. So you guys both come from talented families of basketball players.
4: Yes.
2: And it comes in with you guys now. Mm Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So I uh, just to kind of put this in here, um, You know, this is the time of year when a lot of families are looking at schools. And we have these two young women who are wonderful representations of their schools, St. Mary's and St. Giles. And I, I'd love to just say that on our website, schools.archicago.org, we have a lot of information for prospective parents, including an interactive map where you can type in your zip code, And learn about Catholic schools around you, uh, including uh, Catholic schools like St. Luke's, St. Mary's, and St. Giles. So uh, we've only got a couple of more minutes here, but I would love to hear why don't we start with you, Cammie. So you you both talked about uh, going on to play maybe in the WNBA. I think you'll be there someday. Uh, But do you have other interests? So do you know kind of what you want to do beyond basketball when you grow up?
3: Um, I've always been really into dogs and animals, and me and my cousin have always talked about like owning an animal shelter. Oh, cool! Wow. All right,
5: that's that's great. terrific. You know, I used to, Father Greg, I used to raise canaries. My Did you really? Parent. Yeah, when I, was, when I was at St. Mary's in Evanston, Whoa. I had forty-two canaries. I was raising Gloucester canaries. I'm not joking. I always <laughs> knew you were for the birds. <laughs> I used to love, uh-huh. so I, I'm like you. I love animals. <laughs> <laughs> for the birds <laughs> and, I, and I especially love canaries. I always I'm a bird watcher and so what uh, and my sister used to love cats and dogs.
2: And how about you Gia? What, what do you want to do with uh, with your life after uh, basketball?
4: Um, after like I'm done with my basketball career and I can't play anymore I would love to coach maybe a younger team like I would like to start them at sixth grade and bring them up all the way to high school and there see what I could do to help them.
5: It's also talking, listening to both of you with your schools. You're very rooted in faith in God and helping others. Am I right? Yes. Yes. It's just tremendous.
2: No, it's great. I, I, um, I'm so proud of you all and the work that you're doing. And we know that you're going off to uh, to great things as you go to. Uh, Indianapolis in early April to compete in the Nationals. We will be following you. We'll be rooting for you. Father Greg said he's going to be sitting there right by the uh, the edge of the court cheering with you on. With pom-poms. Yeah, with his yeah. pom-poms that he keeps. But uh, good Our luck to both of to you. Thank you. you so much. Bring to, home uh, a championship. Yes. Thank you so much to Gia from St. Giles and Cammie from St. Mary's. We wish you the best of luck with your tournament in a couple of weeks. We know you're going to do a great job. best of
0: luck to Team Fierce as they get ready to compete in Indianapolis. We hope to have the rest of the team on our show in the near future. We invite you to stick around for some great information about free legal assistance for low-income individuals and families. Back after a short
7: break. This Lent, you are invited to participate in CRS Rice Bowl, the Catholic Relief Service's Lenten Faith and Action program. CRS Rice Bowl provides the opportunity to live out the Lenten practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving while lifting up the stories of our brothers and sisters overseas. 75% of funds raised through your generous donations will support CRS programs around the world, while the remaining 25% will fund Rice Bowl grants for local programs here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. To learn more about current Rice Bowl grantees and to access CRS Rice Bowl resources such as Stories of Hope, Videos and meatless meal recipes. Visit archchicago.org/crs.
8: Chicago's got sisters. Are you curious about religious sisters? Interested in exploring if religious life is for you, but you don't know where to begin? If you are a single Catholic woman aged 18 to 40, Chicago Scott Sisters is your chance for a no strings attached event. During the weekend of April 17th, get to know, pray, and spend time with Catholic sisters from a variety of communities. That's 24 hours to explore various forms of consecrated life in the Chicago area. Chicago Scott Sisters, April 17th to 18th. For more information, visit vocationscava.org, that's vocationscava.org, or call 312-534-5240, Chicago Scott Sisters.
0: Celebrate St. Patrick's Day while giving kids the tools they need to build brighter futures. Hi, I'm Mark Schmelzer from Mercy Home for Boys and Girls. Support Mercy Home's March for Kids this month. You can provide kids in crisis with a safe home, healing from trauma, life skills, good education, and career development that will help them become successful, independent adults. Donate today at mercyhome.org slash March for Kids. Any gift made throughout the month of March will be matched by a generous donor, so your support goes twice as far to help kids when you give through Mercy Home's March for Kids. Donate today or learn more about other ways that you can play a part at mercyhome.org slash March for Kids. Thank you for your support. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago Week in Review on Relevant Radio, 950 and 930 a.m. I'm Jim Dish at the Archdiocese of Chicago's radio TV office with highlights of local Catholic radio programs that can be heard Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 in the morning on WNDZ, 750 a.m. This week on Voice of Charity, co-hosts Marie Jokum and Michael Baer highlighted the Catholic Charities Legal Assistance Department. Experienced staff members and volunteer attorneys offer free advice and help clients become aware of their rights and responsibilities as they navigate the legal system. Let's listen in as they discuss this important service.
9: We have talked on this show a lot about some of our visible needs, right? So folks who come to us looking for safety, food, clothing, shelter, and how those are real priorities in the lives of the people we serve. But in addition to those things, many low-income and no-income clients also have serious legal concerns in their lives. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't know where to go if I was in need of that. And so many of our clients, it's the same thing. So um, today we're really excited to have two, three amazing guests join us.
10: Yeah. And so just to give a little bit of background, for 15 years, Catholic Charities has been offering legal services to clients who can't afford an attorney, and it all began as clients started coming in with legal concerns and increasing numbers, and Monsignor Boland saw the need for a department with this specialized service, so he asked a few board members, Mary Fitzpatrick and Jeannie Casey, to help him create a legal services program. Mary and Jeannie worked tirelessly providing direct client legal referral services while recruiting volunteers and setting up Catholic Charities Legal Assistance. And in 2005, Catholic Charities Legal Assistance opened its doors for the first time. And then in 2013, a department director was hired to expand their services to more families in need. So now Catholic Charities Legal Services Department has a very qualified staff that's supplemented by talented volunteers, including volunteer attorneys with many areas of expertise from all over the Chicagoland area. And we thought it'd be cool to add, too, that the Lake County Women's Board is also starting up a legal assistance program up in Lake County. So it's spreading, and that's great. But in general, the history of our legal service is really a wonderful example of how board members collaborate with Catholic Charities Administrators to establish uh, innovation, new new initiatives for the benefits of our, our clients.
9: And I, what I love so much about this program is how volunteers and staff and board members really come together to provide some amazing services. And we see this in a lot of different areas. A few weeks ago, we had the folks from Mary's Closet, we've talked about our shower programs, and the legal assistance program really kind of paved the way in how we do this collaboration together so we've got three amazing guests today so joining us on the phone is Father Wayne Watts the Associate Administrator of Catholic Charities who's been a vital advocate for Catholic Charities Legal Assistance Department since it was established and in the studio with us today is Ilda Baena the Director of Catholic Charities Legal Assistance Department And Sam Pfeiffer, an award-winning attorney and volunteer who, since 2011, has donated his time, talent, and financial support to Catholic Charities Legal Assistance Services. Sam is a long-standing volunteer at the Legal Advice Desk at our Tuesday night suppers for the homeless, and also an active member of the Catholic Charities Legal Assistance Advisory Committee. So welcome, Father
10: Wayne,
11: Ilda, and Sam. Good morning.
1: Great to be here.
11: Thank you for inviting us.
10: So our legal services have grown significantly over time, obviously. Uh, maybe uh, each of you could share why there's so much need for legal assistance and how we go about helping clients.
1: Wow, okay, um, I guess I'll, I'll go first. Um,
10: w- w- well, people who are
1: disadvantaged um, have a uh, sort of a direct tie to resources and so they're very, they're very keen on the things that keep them going, like housing, Uh, disability income uh, services that the government guarantees and a lot of them unfortunately have had scrapes with the law and uh, a lot of them have to clean up their criminal records if you will to make themselves more employable uh, so that they can uh, sustain themselves all of these things translate into opportunities for lawyers to explain the mysteries of the legal system and to help people really just get what they need to live.
11: And in addition to that, um, you know, there are many individuals who are simply living in poverty or are the working poor, And the reality is they they cannot afford to hire a private attorney because they have to consider, do I hire an attorney? Do I put, put food on the table for my children? Do I hire an attorney or do I pay my rent and my light and the electricity? So everybody deserves access to the courtroom and access to justice. And that is why we exist in order for us to be able to ensure that regardless of your income, you have access to the court system and to enforce your rights.
9: Which is is truly an incredible thing. And can you share with us a little bit about what some of those services
11: are that you and your team provide? Uh, I'd be happy to share with you. So we are very fortunate to be working with many talented volunteers who give out of their very busy days to come with us and join the staff in providing services to pro se litigants. Pro se litigants are individuals who represent themselves. And they need individuals like us, attorneys, to be able to educate them and say, this is what you could do in court. These are your legal options. Which avenue will help you meet your goals? So, in a, And we provide most of those services through a legal advice line over the telephone. In addition to that, we're also very fortunate to have very talented staff that provide legal representation in court, uh, both in civil courts and administrative hearings. So if we have domestic violence survivors, sexual assault survival, uh, survivors, or a tenant, who's being evicted, but there's no reason to evict them. We're able to champion with them and walk together into the courtroom to ensure that they stay, they avoid homelessness. They are in a safe location with their families. So that's part of the services we offer.
9: I think that's incredible. And I what I love about your, your program really is that walking with, and I've seen that by seeing volunteers and also you as well and your team spending time with folks helping educate. And we know over the past few years, immigration and the immigrant community have increasingly been in the news. How has this affected the legal services we offer to our clients?
11: So, over the years, the fear and the issue of immigration has increasingly uh, been part of the media. One of the things that we've noted is that individuals were no longer seeking assistance, either legal assistance or going to medical appointments, even though they were in need. So one of the things that we've been doing is truly educating immigrant community, regardless of your immigration status, uh, of their rights, because they still have rights, they still have access to the courtroom, um, and inviting them to come to us and we will learn. Uh, we will teach you and share with you what your rights are. Um, And so part of that is also uh, assisting undocumented immigrants to make sure that they know they also have rights. There's also processes that they have the right to go through. And we share with them and walk with them again to ensure that their children are safe and that they are safe.
10: We want to talk to Father Wayne Watts now about some of the main areas of growth in our legal services since they started.
6: Well, it's been very fun to watch it grow. Uh, It's really been quite unbelievable You know, Mary Fitzpatrick and Jean Casey both came to me over 15 years ago and said, I wish that we could use our gifts a little more at Catholic Charities. And like within three days, Monsignor Bowen said, I'm looking to start a legal assistance program. (laughs) And so I went back knocking on their door, and and with Michelle Bianchi and uh, a few other great board members, we started looking at what can we do? and it started really um way back then with you know providing advice helping people to self represent and do other things like that uh with catholic charities legal assistance i think the name even has changed i can't remember over the the number of years maybe Ilda knows the the name changes throughout the uh I can't years control. But yeah, Yeah. it's It's the
11: Legal Resource Center.
6: Yeah, it's had had a lot of different names. But right now uh, we've moved from, you know, just being a hotline on the phone, uh, providing advice to potential clients. We actually now have volunteer attorneys representing the clients. Uh, I had a great story of um, a woman who came regularly um, to the Tuesday night supper and she had an issue she was actually victimized by a retailer um, because she was poor, because she was old she was victimized and she asked for some help from the Catholic Charities Legal Assistance Program and sure enough didn't one of our volunteer attorneys write a letter, all, all that was really needed is a letter to be written and, and to get justice for this woman and, and that was I think one of the turning points, we, we, we realized that we can represent these folks. We right. can help them along the way.
10: Well, and like with anything in human services, funding is necessary to assist clients. So you knew that legal services couldn't do that if they didn't have the proper funding. Can you explain a little bit about how you helped get that funding going for Catholic Charities Legal Assistance?
6: Well, I think I'm a professional beggar. So <laughs> I, 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 um, I, I like to go out and try to help people to find ways that they can be generous. I connect, try to connect people to missions that they're interested in. And so I think we started, um, I don't know, 13 years ago or maybe 14, and we had a very small party in a very small room of a restaurant in the city. Uh, I happen to know the restaurant owner who gave us a deal with, in the room, and we had someone underwrite the event, and we brought people together and told them the story and told them our need. And people were generous, and that was the start. And then from then, we had more and more people uh, get involved and want to help with this uh, very, very important mission.
10: That's great.
9: By the way, and one of the things you would like to remind me, and I'm grateful for that, is how powerful the Holy Spirit is. You always remind me of that, um, and I, you can really see that at play here, right, from Amen. your conversation with Jeannie and Mary to Monsignor to so many people stepping up to helping fundraise. What do you see as the key opportunities moving forward in our Legal Services Department, and how how we can maybe help inspire others and and work alongside the Holy Spirit today? Yeah,
6: exactly. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that the uh, spirit of of love which is the holy spirit will uh inspire more and more volunteers to help with the phone lines that we still answer will will help at the help desk and and we can get more and more pro bono attorneys to to represent the clients there's a lot of need we get a lot of calls uh, we have a lot of people coming to our desk and and the need's real and it's it's not just because people have done stuff wrong that they want. Some of them have been victims, and they need help to uh, protect themselves. And I think that the Holy Spirit will direct many people to help us along the way, either with their time or talent or treasure. That happens at Catholic Charities. It happens so well.
9: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, And it's a perfect segue into Sam. As we mentioned at the top of the show, he's You have been an incredibly generous volunteer over the past nine years advising Catholic Charities clients on the monthly legal advice desk that Father Wayne was just speaking of, among other things. So how did you first get involved? He'll do us
1: quietly clapping in the background for him. I I don't know who you're talking about. somebody else. Um, So I'll try to do this in as compact a way as I can. Uh, So I'm a recent convert. Hold your applause at the end of the program. Uh, so came, uh, yeah. Welcome to the team. <laughs> Thanks, Father. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was like 2010. So so my wife and I had just come into the church, and uh, I think there was somebody in the office who said, you know, there's a CLE opportunity. I said, yeah, where? Uh, Catholic Charities. I said, Catholic Charities? Huh. Uh, let me let me try some of that. So I, I sat through a, a an entire day's worth of Uh, CLE training, continuing legal legal education training, in the form of how to interface with uh, people of limited means. In in other words, the Catholic Charities Legal Assistance client base. Um, So I I didn't realize that this was connected in any way. And um, after I I was done with this, a couple of the people involved in the program said, well, would you like to volunteer? And I said, "Uh, yeah, I guess that's why I'm here. Um, and I started out by uh, doing uh, telephone interviews, which I regarded uh, – this is a personal matter of taste. I didn't like that uh, because you can't make faces at people on the telephone, uh, which I like to do. I'm doing it now. Um, and, I, and I was really keen on face-to-face. And so, okay, fine. So you know, I came and did face-to-face and I do the Tuesday evening suppers and, um, where I act like a sort of an intake you know, I'm like the guy in the aircraft carrier, you know, like where the phones, you know, where the, where the planes get to land. Um, <clears throat> but one of the things I also do is I, I get to listen to people mm. and, and try to understand where they're coming from and what their issues are. And I, and I try to tell some of the junior lawyers who I see coming in as volunteers, these are not like your regular clients. But in some ways they are. But in many ways they're not. And you have to listen very carefully And, you know, sometimes you have to listen to something other than words. Uh, Look at facial expressions, body language, and a lot of different things. And find a way. Always find a way to help these folks to get them, if not directly, you know, with a, you know, here's a quick answer to your question. Turn, uh, Turn them to a resource, one of the volunteer attorneys. The staff is amazingly talented. And they get things done, and what we do is we tee things up for the volunteers to actually, you know, hit the ball out of the park.
9: Can you share with us a little bit of what you emphasize with new volunteers, young lawyers, young volunteers in terms of their time with us?
1: Sure. So um, they're mostly young, but they're, they're, <laughs> they're junior lawyers in, in, many, in many instances. Um, I, I try to stress the, uh, the differences between their, their day-to-day clients and the clients that we serve at Catholic Charities Legal Assistance. And, um, you know, people walk in with, uh, you know, their issues as foreground, and they assume that you know everything they're thinking. And so what you have to do is you, come, you have to extract gently um, but with dignity, always with dignity, because I, I think one of the things we provide these folks is a dignified listening so that they don't think that they're just, you know, you know, slobs that, you know, that they have, you know, real problems. And, and they're going to get listened to in a, in a way that will actually make a difference for them. So what I try to suggest to them is their their question is in there somewhere and you have to go and get mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to ask questions. And and, and I, I try to. Uh, fashion this in a such a way that we're not grim about it it's you know we're, we'll have a conversation that has a tonality that's a little bit like this conversation it's like wow why did they do that to you you know could it have been something you said and yeah, you know, and and you and believe it or not that kind of conversation will bring things up that people will say oh well, you know, two years ago something happened. Is that important? Like, and then you, you fall on the floor and you pick yourself up and say, yeah, it would have been fun to hear that a lot earlier in the conversation, <laughs> and we probably could have made a bigger difference. But in any event, listen, we take these people as, as we find them, and, you know, I I don't want to get sappy or anything like that, but it's like we look for Jesus in these people. It's like if Jesus was sitting across the table from you, man, woman, child, whatever, how would you talk with them? How would you listen to mm-hmm. them? And that's, you know... Uh, that's not a conversation that most lawyers have every day of the week and so it's great for me and it's great for these you know these volunteers to kind of to get, you know to get a sense for that so
9: I think you just perfectly highlighted why both you and Father Wayne will be receiving very prestigious awards at the upcoming benefit for Catholic Charities Legal Assistance. So, Ilda, would you share with us what's gonna be, a little bit about what's gonna be happening on April 23rd and what these awards are?
11: Well, um, on April 23rd, we're very fortunate that we will hold our only fundraiser for. Uh, legal lifelines for Catholic Charities Legal Assistance Department and uh, this is how we are able to raise funds in order to support each and every one of our clients and provide them with legal assistance. But as you all witnessed today uh, with Father Wayne and Sam, it is very clear why they're receiving the award. Sam just described to you what his experience is when he comes and provides services and he is the recipient uh, this year Uh, the Justice for the Poor Award. And this award is for volunteers or donors of Catholic Charities Legal Assistance Department that demonstrate an extraordinary compassion for our clients. And you heard that Mm -hmm. just in his own testimony today. And this is why he so deservedly is getting this award. He comes in and treats everyone with respect. And unfortunately, especially for our Tuesday night supper guests who are often uh, homeless or transient, that level of respect is not received from society. So when they meet Sam, he demonstrates the passion and compassion in order to assist them. And that's why he is receiving the Justice for the Poor Award and we're so happy to be able to give him and recognize him publicly for what he does. For Father Wayne, well, he des- <laughs> he described himself as a professional beggar. <laughs> and he is receiving the Jane S. Casey and Mary G. Uh, G. Fitzpat- Fitzpatrick Justice for All Award. This award is in honor of Jeannie and Mary. They tirelessly worked to start building Catholic Church's legal assistance, and because of their effort, thousands of people are being served through staff and volunteers. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to honor someone who does this overall, and that is Father Wayne. He calls himself a professional <laughs> beggar, but what he does is he's begging to make sure that people are getting justice. He's asking and connecting people who are talented, whether it's for legal assistance or someone in his parish who needs food, and is always his. I have if you've met him, you know the type of energy he Mm -hmm. has. My goodness, Father Wayne, you have so much energy and you use it all towards ensuring that people are connected to their needs. Because in life, we don't always get everything given to us. And some people get a little bit less. And some people's needs is food and some people's needs is legal assistance. And for this reason, Father Wayne is getting the Justice for All Award. And we're so happy to be able to honor him and Sam on at Legal Lifelines on April 23rd to celebrate the work they do and that we all do together to ensure that everybody in life is given what they need.
9: Absolutely. And, and any of our listeners who would like to join us on that evening, we'd love to have you. So you can visit catholiccharities.net slash events. Um, for anyone who'd like to come and see Sam and Father Wayne receive these awards, as well as have a great time learning more about Catholic Charities Legal Assistance.
10: Yep.
0: For more information about the Legal Assistance Department and all the ministries of Catholic Charities, go to catholiccharities.net. That's catholiccharities.net. We invite you to stick around for a great conversation with a priest who heads up the Chicago Polish ministry and an update on the current local church directives regarding the coronavirus. Stay tuned.
10: Are you an attorney who's retired or semi-retired from your practice? Catholic Charities welcomes your expertise. Whether it's a dispute with a landlord, a concern about possibly being the victim of a scam, or an issue regarding family law, clients can feel alone in the complex legal system, especially if they are unable to afford an attorney. Our volunteer attorneys answer our legal advice line, offer one-hour consultations, and conduct legal seminars. They're dedicated to informing and empowering low-income individuals as they navigate civil law issues affecting their lives. Come in when your schedule permits and share your knowledge with grateful clients. To learn more about this rewarding volunteer program, please call 312-948-6821. That's 312-948-6821. 312-948-6821. Thank
7: you for considering Catholic Charities Legal Assistance Team. This Lent, you are invited to participate in CRS Rice Bowl, the Catholic Relief Service's Lenten Faith and Action program. CRS Rice Bowl provides the opportunity to live out the Lenten practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, while lifting up the stories of our brothers and sisters overseas. Seventy-five percent of funds raised through your generous donations will support CRS programs around the world, while the remaining 25 percent will fund Rice Bowl grants for local programs here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. To learn more about current Rice Bowl grantees and to access CRS Rice Bowl resources such as Stories of Hope, videos, and meatless meal recipes, visit archchicago.org CRS. When Catholic Charities started in 1917,
10: veterans were among our first clients. That work continues today. Each year, more than 20,000 veterans turn to Catholic Charities for support through a variety of services and programs.
9: We provide vets in need with food, shelter, counseling, and more. Our job training program includes job readiness training, resume writing, mock interviews, and job placement guidance. Our supportive services for veteran families offer additional assistance as vets work to become as self-sufficient as possible.
10: With gratitude, our veteran programs are based on the belief that as veterans faithfully served our nation, it is our privilege to serve them.
9: To learn more about our veteran services, call 312-655-7700 or go to catholiccharities.net. That's 312-655-7700 or catholiccharities.net.
0: Welcome back to Catholic Chicago Week in Review on Relevant Radio 950 and 930 AM. I'm Jim Dishy, the Archdiocese of Chicago's radio TV office with highlights of local Catholic radio programs that can be heard Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 in the morning on WNDZ 750 AM. On Thursday, Catholic Chicago host Mark Teresi sat down with Father Merrick Smolka and talked with him about his involvement with the Chicago Polish ministry. Here's a highlight.
12: We're going to talk a little bit with Father uh, Marek about his ministry, his second full-time job as the head of the Polish ministry here in Chicago. Father Marek, could you give people just an overview of what does that job entail, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about some of the exciting things going on in your ministry?
13: Yes, as you mentioned, it's my second full-time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 joyful to work uh, with the Polish community, the archdiocese. Uh, as mark mentioned i am the cardinal's liaison for polish ministry of the archdiocese of chicago uh, and you might ask the question what does that mean so every every time when i go i of course i i didn't mention the cardinal the events that are happening in the polonia so he always either send a little message or, or he's asking me to greet the people Uh, And I have been doing this uh, for two years uh, already Mm -hmm. uh, while having the responsibilities at the cathedral also uh, being in charge of the Polish ministry. And the Polish ministry, we do have a board uh, that it's, Include uh, 15 people, uh, meaning uh, people from all over the archdiocese, some of their parishioners, priests, religious, and also some of the people from the big uh, Polish organizations. And we, we do meet every— Like PNA or those kinds of— Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, we do meet uh, at least four to six times uh a year to just go over, uh, uh, you know, what's what's going on at the Polonia, but also plan at uh, different events. And our role it's to not only to prepare the events, but also uh, that the cardinal and archdiocese can hear uh, the Polish people of, of the archdiocese of Chicago. Um, if they have some concerns, especially with the Renew My Church, and with with everything that uh, that is going on in the world, and sometimes if there's some the difficulties with uh, uh, in in different parishes, or or even have a little chat with the priest. Uh, we as the board can uh, can assist them and help them. Uh, sometimes even go through a difficult uh, situation if there are some family crisis, We try to provide them the Resources, uh, uh, or try to find some kind of uh, priest, or either a doctor, or if it's needed, any counseling as well. Uh, we can provide them as as a board. Now you have a board. How big is your staff? Uh, it's just myself and Marta. <laughs> <laughs> Marta, g- g- greetings to M- Marta from Vicariate One. Uh, so it's just two of us uh, who who and are. How large uh, is the Polish
12: Catholic population here in Chicago?
13: Well the Polish uh, has always said that uh, the Chicago is the second largest city outside of Warsaw exactly uh, and that is changing because a lot of poles are going back home uh, It's just because um, some of them they decided to uh, to go back for retirement but there we don't have uh, more uh, more immigration coming here it's just because of you know they in Europe uh, they feel it's much better than in here mm-hmm.
12: um, for retirement for retirement yeah.
13: Uh, so we don't have a big, a big immigration coming, but there are still first, second, first, second, third, or generation poles here who really feel that uh, they are really connected to, to Poland and to ministry here.
12: Now, give give me your overview. So, first generation, probably very religious. Many of them coming over here suffered through the communist regime mm-hmm. in Poland, so exactly. their faith is very, very prominent in their lives. Now, what about we always talk about second generation ethnic, you know, Hispanic, Italian, Polish? What What are some of the similarities and what are some of the differences you see?
13: I mean, with the first generation, I mean, they are really. Uh, they are very proud who they are. I'm not saying the second and third generations are not, but they are very devoted Catholic. If if I can if I can say, uh, they will they will attend mass in in Polish or they will attend different events. But with the second and third generation, they're trying to be, if I can call this word uh, Americanized, meaning mm-hmm. then they will go to masses in Polish or on the big holidays. But also on Sunday, then i also going to the English-speaking masses, which mm-hmm. is which is okay. I mean, I remember when I was a catechist, when I was in seminary, I was uh, I was teaching uh, second grade, preparing for first communion, and I told the parents, uh, your child, uh, first language is English, second one is Polish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, you have Say to... Say that again. That's important for people to hear. So I, I always said that if whoever was born here, their first language is English, mm-hmm. Polish is the second language. Mm-hmm. Uh, well... My English is second and Polish is first. However, for those for those people who were born here, uh, the reason why I'm saying this is because uh, when I was, as I mentioned, the catechist, I always taught them the prayers in English and Polish, mm-hmm. especially the confessions. Uh, the parents always f- were fighting with me of why I'm teaching them uh, confession in English. And I said, well, listen, if you go to Florida, Michigan, whatever, there there's a uh, Polish community or there's no Polish community, I want to make sure that the child uh, if if want to receive the sacrament of reconciliation, uh, they can confess in English. Mm-hmm. So of course, the, the first the mother was like, "Oh, I, this is the Polish program. You know, we, we don't want to do anything with English." And I said. Well, watch my word. You're gonna come back in a year, and then you're gonna be grateful. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly what happened. She came. Uh, she's she's like, well, I wanted to thank you. We went on a trip to Florida. Uh, it was during the the holiday, and I really wanted um, my child to go to confession. He was able to go in English. And I said, see, that's why we that's why uh, at, uh, we do have many Polish schools in our uh, archdiocese, and uh, and we do want to make sure that they know prayers both English and Polish. Father Mark, what? what?
12: things are happening in Polish ministry. Give us an overview a little bit, and then give us some specific things you want people to know about and be invited to.
13: So, uh, as we speak uh, right now, we are in the midst of the Evangelization Congress, uh, we started this Congress three years ago. an idea of the Congress was to to bring the people together but also uh, evangelize them. And this was uh, this has started with the initiative of of the of the Polish consul uh, for the archdiocese, but also with the Renew my Church uh, program. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we evangelize people and uh, every year we do have more uh, than 3,000 uh, uh, people participate for for two weeks. Where do you hold it? Uh, we hold it in the different parishes around the archdiocese. Wow. Uh, so we start with the mass. Uh, all the all the uh, all the uh, events are usually started with, with the mass. And, and this year we are so blessed to have a uh, three uh, wonderful guests from Poland: Archbishop uh, Grzegorz Ryś, who is the uh, in charge of the new evangelization for the for the uh, bishop in Poland. Uh, also, Father Michał Olszewski, who's with us all uh, in Chicago. And we also have a director of Alpha program in Poland. Who is, who are doing some uh, interesting wor- workshop uh, today on ev- evangelization? Explain that Alpha
12: program for folks in case they don't know about it. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a expert in Alpha, but
13: right. Alpha it's it's kind of like the per- personal encounter with with Jesus, but also you can really more uh, explore your faith. Uh, and I think you can do a full program on Alpha, uh, but it's a it's one of the tools for evangelization. That's what we're trying to do in the Polish community, the evangelist people with the my church and reality that we are facing to make sure that they can become uh, the disciple of Jesus, but also that the Word of God can uh, can be here and can be preached to them. And and with this conference, uh, last year we have more than uh, 10,000 people uh, participating wow. with different uh, events. And this year, due to the coronavirus, uh, we do have to cancel one of our events that's supposed to happen this, uh, this Saturday at St. Uh, Ladislav Parish with the Youth Gathering. Uh, gathering. Uh, As of yesterday, uh, I have a 1,000 young people coming to this event, but because of the safety, uh, we decided to cancel and also our Archbishop is going back to Poland today. Could
12: could you explain that one more time and highlight it so people understand, don't come to St. Ladislaus. Yes,
13: don't come to St. Ladislaus this Saturday, it's because the event is canceled due to the safety. And, And the last event that we will hold is Friday. Uh, Outdoor Station of the Cross at St. Fabian in Bridgefield, and this will be the last event, the big event uh, for this Congress. Do Uh, you have
12: that address where St. Fabian's is?
13: It's on 83rd Street and I believe in in Oquito uh, in Bridgefield. Uh, If you are from suburbs, especially the south side, uh, come uh, and we will pray together the uh, Stations of the Cross, and especially we will offer uh, for all those who are sick and who are affected by the the virus. Now, what's
12: your contact info if people want to learn more about that event, the Stations of the Cross.
13: Where do Who do they contact? Cathedral.
12: Okay, your cell
13: phone number is? No, it's not <laughs> happening. You're not getting my cell phone. The Cathedral number, 312-787-8040, uh, and that's that's kind of my office, too, so for ask, the Cathedral. So ask for Father Mark Smolka and, and the number again? 312-787-8040. Good. And what else is happening? Uh, as of now, uh, we, we, we do have to postpone some of the events. But in May, uh, May 8th, we will be celebrating the 100th uh, birthday of John Paul II. Uh, he's a big hero for Polish community, but not only for Polish community. We will have the first Polonia banquet through the archdiocese. We're doing this banquet. We will uh, we will give uh, recognition to a priest, religious, and the lay ministers who are very involved with the Polish community in the archdiocese and in the parishes. It's a big a big event, uh, not only to honor John Paul II, but also those people who are very dedicated and hardworking in the parish. Now,
12: how about the date, location, and how they get tickets?
13: So, uh, May 8th, Friday, at St. Edna uh, Parish in uh, Arlington Bar- Heights. Arlington Heights, We will start at six thirty. More information going to come up uh, at the end of this month. So look for uh, for any emails or any advertisement on on Archdiocese uh, of Chicago website. But also you can call me uh, to the Cathedral and I can give you more information. Now,
12: Father Jim Presta is he pastor at Edna's?
13: No, he's not. Oh, who's
12: at Edna's? You. you...
13: Father, yeah, a Catholic priest. I know that for oh, okay. sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, any
12: final words that you have for our listeners in terms of Polish ministry or what it's like living with Father Greg? Over we don't at talk about
13: Father Greg since he's not here because then— he will find out that we're talking bad about her now. <laughs> He's a good guy, uh, but I mean, it's it's a blessing to work with this special ministry. I always call it special ministry because we have so, so many wonderful people who are participating in different programs. Uh, but also, it's we want to make sure everybody can learn more about uh, us, poles, uh, but also be in part of the one Church of Archdiocese of Chicago.
12: Great. Well, thank you so much, Father Mark Smolka, for your ministry at Holy Name Cathedral. It's a pleasure working with you and being with you, and also for, as leader of the Chicago Polish ministry. Thank you for joining us at Catholic Chicago.
0: It's always fun to hear what Father Smolka has to say, continued blessings in his ministry. In our final segment today, we hear from Todd Williamson, Director of Divine Worship as he talks to Mark Teresi about the current directives from the local church in response to the spread of the coronavirus. Let's listen in.
12: Let's start, you know, in terms of... Um, timely. Yes, right? very timely. But let's start with, because it's on everybody's mind, the coronavirus and the and our... Catholic Church in here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Could you give people an update?
14: I can uh, I can talk about what has been put in place uh, okay. uh, at, at this point, point. Uh, and so the uh, uh, the the directive has been made that uh, the sign of peace is given without a handshake, mm-hmm. um, and there's so many different ways that people can do that. Right? right? They can they they. they I, I like the bow. I like the mm-hmm. idea of bowing. I mean, that's that's such a reverent gesture. Um, bowing to another, and uh, uh, the, uh, the the second one, second piece is the, the suspension of the cup, the precious blood, mm-hmm. and um, and all of those are are for safety. And pe- it's disturbing, and people get upset about it, and um, uh, they're 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 you know uh, might might be uh, angry that uh, uh, we're not at that place yet. We're we're it's not that bad here. All of these are just for the safety of our people.
12: Exactly, and nobody knows right uh, how how this coronavirus might flourish here. So to be well, look at all the major events that are um, being canceled: the parade, right? Uh, Old Saint Pat's, right. their big event. I don't know about Mercy Home; they have a big event. I wonder if that's going to happen. Um, it's
14: all precautionary. It's yes. all it's all to keep uh, to keep us safe. Right.
12: Now, um and it's interesting because our parish, my wife and I, and our daughter at St Gertrude's on Grand Hall, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and Father Rich, before the liturgy, um, stood up and went through exactly what you were talking about, and people got it, yeah, people got it.
14: yeah, right now we're working on directives for um, Holy Week and Triduum, right. because those are coming up the, the you and know, those are huge and they're especially at yeah. cathedral, yeah. Yeah.
12: Now, um how can people get this information if they want updates? Should they just go to their parish websites or how does that work?
14: Probably if they're hopefully the the directives are on their parish website if not at the uh Archdiocesan website. Okay, Arch, give us that one. It's archchicago.org. Arch Chicago is all one word. A R C H C H I C.
12: And would that would the directives, then, if they're looking, be right on that main page, or do they have to click to your office? No,
14: no, I believe, I believe they're, there's, they're on the main page. There's okay. a there's a stamp that they can click on.
12: Okay, great.
0: Our thanks to Todd for that very important and timely information. As a reminder, you can listen to all our local Catholic radio programs live or at your convenience by going to radiotv.archchicago.org. That's radiotv.archchicago.org. And this program you're listening to and all our Catholic radio programs are now available on your favorite mobile streaming apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. So subscribe today. Thanks for listening to us every Saturday morning here on Relevant Radio, 9.50 and 9.30 a.m. I'm Jim Dish for Catholic Chicago Week in Review. Have
1: a great weekend, everyone. Join us every Saturday morning for Catholic Chicago Week in Review. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect
3: with Catholic Chicago on social media.